tie my shirt. I'm handling that. What's happening? He tried to get out of bed. What? He's unconscious again now. And thank you for joining us on a quick trip through space and time. My name is Mac. And I'm Taylor. And this is normally a podcast in which a Doctor Who veteran and a Doctor Who beginner go through each episode of Doctor Who and give their thoughts on it. But instead, today, we will be looking back on our time with John Pertwee as the third Doctor in our special episode we call The Doctor is Out. So, Caleb, how you feeling? Tired. Tired. That's a good word. Very, very tired. <laughs> and why is that, Caleb? There is just something about this doctor. For all the things that I do like about him, his episodes were exhausting. Yeah. Would you say that this is probably is this your still favorite? Is this still your favorite doctor? Structurally, no. Personality, yes. Okay. I really like the doctor's snark, and I really like um. Yeah, I like his general attitude, but I feel like his stories were subpar. Yeah. And they really did not reach the heights of the second Doctor, who I think, as of now, is my favorite Doctor watching. Yeah. We brought this up, I think, in the last episode. I don't remember if we recorded it or not, but we were talking, and you pointed out that a lot of the bad episodes for the first and second Doctor were mysteriously lost to time, and we got to listen to those episodes. Yeah. So I do think that played in their favor and against this doctor. <laughs> yeah, it's so bizarre because I had counted up the number of like individual episodes each each doctor had uh, because you did not believe me that the first had more episodes than the third did. And I'm going to bring up the, that again because I don't, I don't have it off the top of my head. The first had 133 individual episodes. The second had 119 and the third had 128 so, yeah, it's so weird. We didn't know how good we had it with the audio episodes. Yeah, I know. Who thought we'd be nostalgic about the audio dramas? Yeah, because it just, it helps you just, like, get through it quickly. <laughs> I was like, wow, I can put this on time and a half speed and paint and not look at the screen. Meanwhile, in the third Doctor, you just kind of have to sit in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. There's a lot of nothing going on huh man it's so funny how much of an outlier we are because this is like considered one of the best eras no no um oh no (laughs) so considering the fact that everybody else thinks this is some of the best eras i'm assuming that when we get to some of the parts in which people think it's the worst eras we're gonna love it Bro, I'm going to get to the fifth Doctor. I don't know why, but I have a feeling the guy in the fucking Riddler jacket, I'm going to love that guy. Oh, the the um, <laughs> the Riddler jacket narrows it down only a little bit. Um, oh, no. <laughs> it's classic who, I don't know. He's uh, he's a little more portly. He's in like a cat. He's got like a bowler cat. Yes. Okay. I think, yeah, I think you're talking about the seventh. Yeah, he looks like the Riddler. Yeah, he does. He's got the question mark umbrella and everything. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, yeah, people 
say that like the sixth and seventh doctors are like the roughest eras, but I remember loving them. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see. So you know we we have the polar opposite opinion of the Doctor Who fandom at large, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> The less I'm like the Doctor Who fandom, the better. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people b- love it because it they call it the family unit. Because it's just... Ooh. Yeah. It, it. I guess they like that it feels more like a, a sitcom with a consistent cast, I guess. Because it's just like the same thing all the time and then returns back to the status quo. It isn't that just so great, guys? anyway um (laughs) in terms of how i feel about the doctor i think he's probably my least favorite of the three so far i think it's hard to say because like i liked his condescending dickishness to everyone and i also kind of like how he you know he, he he was a condescending dick to everyone and also he kind of felt like he was above these humans that he was stuck with in exile like he likes humanity. He likes Earth, but he it's really more of a vacation destination for him. He doesn't want to live there, you know? Yeah. I might be about to say the exact same thing you were about to say. Um, I think the thing that holds him back is just how very dismissive he is of his companions, and especially the female companions, in a way that previous and future incarnations just weren't. And yeah. it kind of got under my skin after a while. Yeah, I agree. Like, there were certain sexist tendencies with the first Doctor, but they felt grandfatherly. Yeah. Whereas they didn't hear. They were, and, like, also, it was the 70s. Feminism was supposed to be, you know, winning at this point, I think. Yeah. Uh, so it felt weird and out of place. And I was fine with it at first because it felt like it was towards everyone. And then it got gradually more targeted towards the female companions. Yeah, very much so. What I was going to say was, I think the reason I like this Doctor more than I would say I like the first Doctor, despite everything I, all the issues I have with it, is at least in the first half of this third Doctor, there was a sort of progression. Like, there was a little, like, mm. story moving along. Yeah. Because I really liked that each story brought him a step closer to getting the TARDIS working. Yeah. After the Time Lords kind of give him full access to the TARDIS again, that's when, like, this whole Doctor falls apart for me, because in my mind, I'm just thinking, why the fuck does he keep going back to Earth? Why the fuck are we still doing all this unit stuff? Yeah, no, I agree. And you know who also agrees with you? The fourth Doctor. (laughs) 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 So you have that to look forward to. But if he didn't have, like, this, this home base that he could come back to, we wouldn't have Bessie. And I love Bessie. Fuck the Who-mobile, though. Yeah, fuck the Who-mobile. What the fuck? I love Bessie as well, and I love how Bessie was kind of a character. Yeah. But listen, we have Bessie, we had a good run with her, but the TARDIS is the OG Bessie. I mean, yeah, very true. But speaking of things that this Doctor does that the um, the other Doctors really don't, he is much more action hero-y, very James Bondy in his uh, way of solving problems. It definitely helps him stand out. We even see it in the three doctors where like you see different doctors approaching the same problem in different directions. And I think this doctor is the one that's the most likely to just punch it in the face. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. 
and he does it in just the best outfits. Yeah, I know, snazzy. I, I was thrown off by his fucking magician wear at first, but now it's kind of iconic. Yeah. The only one I didn't like was his brown plaid one. I could do without that one, but all the others are good. <laughs> Mac keeps way better track of the costumes than I do. I mean, I do. <laughs> I'm like, yes, the brown plaid one, of course, from episode 197. I don't remember specifically which one it was introduced in. Um, but yeah, I pay attention more to the outfits due in no small part to the fact that I have to choose an outfit to give to Brittany when she does the, when she does the thumbnail. I want to do that one. (laughs) Do you have any more opinions about the doctor? Not in particular. I mean, I think that's pretty much everything. There are things I liked about this third doctor, but the things I liked got dropped off. Mm. And then the, the things I didn't like him became increasingly more apparent as the his arc went on yeah which i feel like has kind of happened to all three doctors where i feel like there's a pretty strong first half well actually the first doctor is the opposite uh, <laughs> but one half is like really strong and then the other half simply will not end soon enough yeah that's fair that's fair this always feels so much tougher because in goodbye my dear you only have a couple more you only have a couple of episodes you need to choose from the doctor it's a lot harder but what is your favorite doctor moment i think for me hands down and like i look through uh, i didn't do anything crazy like to listen to our episodes again but, <laughs> who, uh, would, who would do that who would listen who to would our episodes that? again <laughs> but like going through and kind of like reading some of my summaries and just thinking about it i don't think anything really tops his kind of goodbye to joe oh yeah it's such, and I'll bring it up again at, at some point in this episode, I promise. Uh, but his whole goodbye sequence with her is like the best thing since Ian and Barb left. It was really good. It was really good. It's definitely, I would go so far as to say that it is my favorite companion departure so far. Yeah, despite our one very extreme niggle or complaint about the way Joe left, that whole scene is beautiful. Yeah, I, I would say it's honestly probably tied between joe and susan i'm waiting for something to top both of them because both of them are i'm leaving the doctor for a man and i i hate that i hate all that but <laughs> i think ian and barb's departure is way better than susan's but okay <laughs> this is a bit of an aside but i obviously we're not far enough back for me to be nostalgic about the third doctor yet but i am starting to get nostalgic about the first doctor <laughs> There, there are actually legitimately parts of me that are like, I kind of want to watch Keys of Marinus again and just see just see if it's still the same, if I still like Dude, it. I I have Keys of Marinus on DVD. You can just come over and we'll watch it. <laughs> I, I'm absolutely down. <laughs> and then there's parts of me that's like, okay, I don't want to watch all of The Chase again, but I do want to watch the last episode of The Chase. I'm honestly having difficulty narrowing it down. Well, there's just so many banger moments, you know. There there kind of are. I think the one that I'm going to go with... Okay, I have a funny one and I have a sincere one. My sincere one is his willingness to go face the Great One, knowing that it would mean his death. Because there's just been... There was just so many stories of him just being, like, a huge asshole up until that. And then there's this one where he's like, no, I'm going to be... I'm going to be selfless. And sacrifices himself to defeat this this huge threat. And I think that is is very good. Uh, my funny one is his willingness to absolutely abandon everything in the claws of Axos. 
and just like <laughs> and just like going down the line and just like fuck you fuck you fuck you joe you're cool fuck you fuck you peace out bitches and then like sincerely teamed up with the master in order to get the fuck out of dodge i think <laughs> I, I think that's a real big highlight for me <laughs> <laughs> no i absolutely i had a funny moment like that too where i was like okay like yeah there's like my sentimental moment for the doctor really like but i also really like the end of inferno when he's in like the alternate dimension and he's like and everyone's like oh my god we're all gonna die when we fly by lava and he's like yeah that really sucks bye <laughs> anyway <laughs> but uh enough about the doctor enough about the doctor we're done talking about him let's talk about companions who is your favorite third doctor companion Hmm. 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 It's tough. Brigadier <laughs> Lethbridge Stewart. I, Caleb, I mean this sincerely. I will give you $10 if you can tell me the Brigadier's full name right now <laughs> without looking it up. <laughs> Is it Alistair Lethbridge Stewart? Yes, but you missed the middle name. Fuck the middle name. Uh... <laughs> Alistair Reynolds Lethbridge Stewart. Nope. Alistair Damn. Gordon Lethbridge Stewart. Gordon. <laughs> Damn. My $10 remains with me. <laughs> I was close, though. I will. Would Would you like me to go first? Uh, Yeah, go for it. Okay. I know who it is, but I'm curious who yours is. I know who yours is. My, my favorite is Joe. It was definitely, definitely a, a real tough game of... Uh, uh, tug of war here between her and Liz, but unfortunately, Joe had the time to develop as a character. Burned bright and short. <laughs> um, <laughs> Joe just had much more of a character arc from like kind of a clueless bimbo, but like someone who's willing to like ask questions and learn. And she developed to someone that the Doctor could like completely rely on. And I think that Joe is kind of a top-tier companion up there with Jamie and Vicky, in my opinion. I largely agree. I, I think Joe is my favorite companion as well. Because there was an interesting dynamic there. I feel like, as much as I love Liz, I agree she wasn't there enough to really develop mm-hmm. and for us to really start to care. But Joe is a different to, like, Liz or Sarah later because she's, like, the polar opposite of him. Yeah. Because she, okay, all your science gobbledygook stuff i don't care about nor do i care about the thing you're telling me to do i'm gonna go do my own thing yeah and you're right that kind of turned into a sort of codependent relationship yeah that i liked yeah because like they genuinely relied on each other and like it it felt like they had been like practicing maneuvers off screen because he just kind of had like turned to joe and just give her a nod during curse of peladon and she just like dipped into the shadows and, and and went behind the curtain to investigate stuff it was it was good mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and there was like a weird sexual tension between liz and the doctor at the end that i did not like yeah. so instantly bottom tier maybe it's a good thing that liz didn't develop further <laughs> <laughs> now i don't think there's really like a, a bad companion in the third doctor era i think all of them are fairly good like, I think in first and second, there was at least one or two companions that I'd be like, oh, this fucking bitch. But the third Doctor didn't really have that. So least favorite was a little bit more difficult. But I'm going with Captain Yates. Because 
of the unit boys, Mike is probably the one that had the fewest endearing moments for me. Although him temporarily being a bad guy was kind of cool. Him and Benton both kind of had the unfortunate position of just kind of being faceless soldiers <laughs> for a lot of their early scenes. Yeah, the vast majority of it. Yeah, because I remember Yates' first episode is in Terror of the Autons, and I did that. And I, I like put that as one of my uh, post-view notes, and I think your reaction was like, who? <laughs> and uh, and I, I completely agree with that because if I didn't know Yates would go on to be an important character, I wouldn't have noticed him as a character. <laughs> what about you? I'd say, as tough as it is, I don't actually feel like Yates and... Uh, oh, fuck, I'm spacing his name now. Uh, the other guy. Benton? Uh, Benton. Uh, proves my point. I don't feel like they count as companions, personally. Oh, yeah? Like, they, they are there. They they do engage in genocide a little bit. But I don't feel like they're a primary focus like Joe is, like Liz is, like Sarah is, even like the Brigadier is in some of the episodes. See, that that is a very good question because I think that the unit... Uh, the unit soldiers are probably for me the most up in the air characters as to do they count as companions so i i don't disagree with you on that yeah because i would say that like yates gets like one story where he's made two stories where he's like central to the plot yeah and benton gets none yeah benton could have literally been anybody yeah Ruling them out, my least favorite companion is Sarah. Yeah. Because she's a bit of a know-it-all, and she does not know how to read the room. True. I I will say that, uh, just to give you a heads up, Sarah definitely comes more into her own with the fourth than she does with the third. Not that I even dislike Sarah, but compared to Joe and Liz. Yeah, 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 no. I th- I think Sarah will, will grow to be a, a beloved companion eventually. So almost exclusively because she's considered a dog companion by the Doctor Who community, I'm adamantly going to hate her the whole time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> pattern recognition tells me that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> what about favorite villain? I mean, could it be anybody else but the Master? <laughs> well, we'll get to him in a minute. <laughs> I kind of said that as a joke, but but also, yeah, I mean... He's annoying, but he's also iconic. He is definitely iconic. I would agree with you about the Master at the beginning when he's first introduced. By the end of his tenure, he carries as much threat to me as Team Rocket. But that's what makes it fun. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Master just got really old for me after a while. I think that's also simultaneously a symptom of like how not interesting most of the villains were because i'm looking at like the list episode list right now thinking of the villains I'm like yeah the master's the best well i'll give you my favorite and also some honorable mentions and maybe this will fire off some synapses because my favorite villain and you're gonna be like who is reagan from ambassadors of death the fucking <laughs> the fucking FBI director guy? No, 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 no. The guy who was working for the FBI director guy. The one oh. who just... I just love killing. 
just he was just having so okay, much fun okay. and like he had his fucking truck that when he pushed a button what specific um business sign that was on the outside like flipped oh, so, right. that he, so that he could infiltrate other other places better and he just okay he just like you got the sense that him getting paid a bunch of money to be a criminal was just a bonus. Like he would definitely be doing this in his <laughs> off hours if he could. And I'm a fan of bad guys who just love what they do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my God. I totally fucking forgot about Reagan. <laughs> my, uh, my honorable mentions are, uh, the Autons because they're just creepy as fuck. And I love them. Omega because he's so cool. And the dark side of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, I also really liked boss from green death. Oh, yeah. The only reason I really didn't care for Boss is I, I still feel like it's not entirely clear what Boss wanted. Yeah, that's that's very true. I mean, he's he's in my honorable mentions for a reason. I just liked him. <laughs> His motivations made no sense. He's the fucking poor man. He's the poor man's version of the computer from War Machines. Basically. Wotan, that was his name. Wotan. And Wotan's a cooler name. It is. And had a badass custom intro sequence. Come on. That's true. Wotan's iconic. (laughs) What about uh, least favorite villain? I'm going to have to say the Silurians slash the Sea Devils. Explain. The Silurians, I felt, were such a non-threat until they were. And then, so, the big issue. Silurians is kind of low in my rankings. Not quite bottom five. But I think, oh man, I had a brilliant reason for it. Now I'm spacing it. But the whole conflict of the episode is like, you know, do we do we negotiate with another species for peace or do we justify war? And then they do bi- a biological warfare and I'm still supposed to kind of feel bad for them. That's fair. I mean, I feel like the biological warfare was definitely the uh, the tipping point that was like, OK, we're fighting these guys. Yeah. Um, and then the sea devils were just them, except they all wanted to do the genocide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, just, I don't know. Well, the sea devils, the problem with them was. It was literally just the Silurians again, but the Silurians were meaner from the get-go. Yeah. And I really struggled getting through the Silurians a lot. Also, it promised me dinosaurs, and they weren't really there. Yeah, not really. Invasion of the Dinosaurs gave you more dinosaurs than Silurians did. (laughs) Mine is Azil from the Diamonds. (sighs) I hate any villain who can be defeated by the power of love. Oh, that's true. He did get defeated by the power of love. That should be the beginning and end of my uh, my reasoning right there. <laughs> but he was also, like, wishy-washy, and, like, he, sometimes he was siding with the Master, sometimes he was against the Master, and just, like, he just, like, was changing sides on a whim, seemingly for no reason. And also, he was a lot more intimidating when he was, like, when we just saw, like, his hooves. But then we see his face, and it's like, oh, it's a guy in a mask. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of killed any sort of intimidation factor he might have had. Yeah, I guess I didn't really consider it because I was looking at the Damons. Like, the Damons, like, mid-list to me because, like, I like the first episode's actual kind of B-horror movie vibes and then it yeah. falls apart. Yeah. But, yeah, he does get killed by the power of love. I don't know. The it's And this is the prevailing problem of this Doctor, I feel. I am so fucking neutral on so many things about this Doctor. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, maybe one episode that makes me irrationally angry for, like, the dumbest reason possible. 
And I'm sure I'm sure we'll be hearing so much more about that later on. <laughs> later on, spoilers. But like I'm again, I'm looking at the list. I'm like, eh, yeah, I, the villain that was like fine or dumb, I guess. I really have so few strong opinions. It's kind of shocking. <laughs> My honorable mentions are the master, just because of how overused he was. The axons, just fuck, fuck the axons. The chancellor from Peladon, pick one, doesn't matter. And this one was strong, was a strong contender for my actual least favorite. Um, the anti-vaxxer from the Silurians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and see, that's the other thing. Is like I hate so many more like random side characters in the stories than I actually do the villains. Yeah. Uh, so if this was like random, well, you do have favorite NPC. I'm gonna put that to least favorite NPC. <laughs> <laughs> The fact that that actor comes back and plays this smarmy uh, scientist in Invasion of the Dinosaurs is just fucking... Typecasting. <laughs> yeah, one is just like strong typecasting, and two really just drives home how forgettable of a character that was in Silurians that they could just use the same actor again, and no one, <laughs> no one noticed. <laughs> but yeah, uh, speaking of what you just said, uh, favorite NPC... I'm going to switch it to least favorite NPC. Okay. Well, favorite NPC, uh, I don't know. There's no one quite like the cook from Enemy of the World. Caleb, if we're going to continue on this series, <laughs> you can't keep comparing everything to Enemy of the World. we got to move on, dude. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> you can't set the bar for me that high that early and then not <laughs> expect me to compare it to it. Fuck. I'm trying to think of anybody. Anybody I liked. Again, would you like me to go and then... Yeah, you go. I need a second to think about it. All right. My favorite, which should come as a surprise to absolutely fucking no one because I basically said it in that episode, is Lear from Curse of Peladon. He kind of epitomized what I love about the Ice Warriors. He he had peaceful intentions and was willing to cooperate in in the name of that, like, unity and alliance. Uh, But that does not mean he wasn't he was willing to just like roll over and he was prepared to throw the fuck down if he necessary. I just thought he was really cool. And my honorable mention goes to professor Rubish from time warrior. I genuinely kind of wish he had become a companion by the end of that story. <laughs> oh yeah. Rubish. What a classic, an absolute <laughs> banger, bang up guy. I don't know. I'm just picturing like a recurring joke of like Velma from Scooby Doo of just like him constantly losing his glasses on different alien planets. I think it would have been fun. <laughs> Do you have a favorite NPC yet? Not particularly. Again, I don't feel like anyone really stood out to me as like, wow, this guy's just so cool. Uh, I do like the guy from Spearhead from Space, where he just finds a fucking glowing rock from space and he's like, yeah, I'm taking this. This is mine now. <laughs> I'm taking this. I'm going to see if I can sell it to the military. Uh, sell to the military. Yeah, uh, I like that. Uh, I also like how he comes home and he and his wife's like, "What's in the box?" And he's like, "None of your fucking business." <laughs> yeah, I'm going with the random guy from the woods in Spirit from Space. That's as good an answer as any, I suppose. <laughs> now, oh fuck, let me unroll the list of least favorite NPCs. <laughs> Number one is King of Paladon in Curse of Paladon. Oh, that's Gotta. solid. That's a solid Gotta fucking pick. Hated that I guy hate so that much. guy. <laughs> Oh my god. Number two is the fucking Skeletor monster from Curse of Peladon. I've never wanted to, like, xenophobically genocide a species so quickly. (laughs) It was incredible how fast I went to, nope, just delete that. Delete that from existence. 
basically all the humans and plant of the spiders from the Ugh. one planet. Yeah. The fucking guy from what is it? Is it the mutants? The guy, the guy who turns into Jesus. Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna be talking about uh, him in a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh wow. Yeah, he was the worst. I think uh, least favorite NPC for me is got it. It can't be anyone else other than the anti-vaxxer and Silurians. <laughs> what you thinking for best death? This is a total no-name character, but it is without a doubt still probably the coolest thing I've seen on the show, period. Okay. It's in Ambassadors of Death, when the fucking guy's like walking down the road and the soldiers are just blasting at him that's not doing anything. The one guy's got his one hand on like the arm block, car blocker thing. Yeah you know that thing that probably has a real name probably does but the guardrail is down and the fucking ambassador just comes up and like touches it and like a fuck like a fucking firework just flares up and goes all the way down and kills that guy that is pretty cool i was like god damn that was such a cool moment i wish that episode was better (laughs) yeah my favorite and like i was going through i was like i'm not sure there's really that many deaths that i really consider noteworthy and then i remembered this one i was like oh I gotta pick this one. The inflatable chair suffocation in Terror of the oh Autons. Oh my god. Like, what can I say? That's so perfect. It's so close. Classic. Close second is the guy getting attacked by the tiny little plastic gnome in oh, that, yeah. in just a little bit later in the episode. That was so fucking hilarious. I had to pause it and just laugh my ass off. That was so good. <laughs> My runner-up was, again, not anyone specific, but vaguely the Autong Massacre. Oh, yeah, yeah. No one we know died, but a lot of people did, apparently. Not a big thing in the news. (laughs) Man, if I had a nickel for every time in Doctor Who, it's like, not a big thing in the news. Like, an enormous plague made by the Silurians spreading out all over Britain. Didn't really make the news, weirdly. It was kind of weird. Third page. Mannequins coming to life and just massacring people downtown. My honorable mentions. I hate to keep bringing him up, but the anti-vaxxer dying of the disease he refused to get vaccinated for. Like, that's great. (laughs) Also, a uh, several billion way tie of all of the people in the parallel world blowing up an inferno that the doctor just kind of pieced out for. (laughs) That sucks. (laughs) Like, I know in the moment he's like, I'm sorry, I wish I could help you, but I can't, and and leaves. But, like, I prefer to think of it as, like, sucks to suck, motherfuckers. (laughs) We're all going to be uh, incinerated by this lava coming in. He's like, yeah, what do you think I'm trying to fucking leave right now? <laughs> <laughs> and also, by the way, uh, I can't take any of you with me. Uh, don't even bother trying to touch, to touch the console. So uh, later. Don't ask and don't bother praying. All your religions are a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Had a lot of fun moments we talk about with the uh, with Inferno, despite the fact I, I might be bringing it up again here in a little bit <laughs> yeah it's weird because there's so many like good moments i think of from that episode but then you think about it as like a whole yeah but then it ends up in a certain place <laughs> yeah again this one always is always a tough one favorite moment in general i feel like i know what your answer is going to be well part of me wants to just go back to joe uh leaving 
Yeah. Because that is a stellar moment. I also really love the moment uh, in Ambassadors of Death when he's like, well, my job is done, and just fucking walks off stage before the end of the episode. <laughs> Which is really funny, because you hated that moment in the, in the in the moment. Yeah, in the moment, but now we get back, I was like, God, he's so cool. <laughs> What's yours? My favorite moment is the very end of the Silurians. Because to me, it was kind of the moment that stood out the most in the years after finishing watching Classic. Of just like, the Doctor's just like, alright, I saved the day yet again. And he drives away and then sees the Silurian colony just being blown the fuck up by the Brigadier. And and him, him and Liz just kind of looking on in horror. That moment just kind of stuck with me the most. <laughs> Legitimate. And uh, I thought it was a really good moment. My honorable mentions, also Joe's departure and the doctor leaving the party early. That was a really good, really good scene. Joe getting suffocated by the flower in uh, Terror of the Autons. Probably the only moment in Doctor Who so far that's actually terrified me. Like, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Give it up for Rainbow Jesus from the Mutants. <laughs> but this one came real fucking close you can you, if you if we can do a dramatic and a comedic moment this one's definitely my comedic one man benton sure did get his dick out in front of everyone didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna stick with joe's exit i really cannot emphasize how good of a scene it is it really is it really is very good infinitely better than almost everything in the third doctor <laughs> oh but my humorous moment i'd say is in the three doctors when uh the risk of doing that i'm the doctor no i'm the doctor shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good but now we come to what uh might be a fan favorite segment i don't know we would need fans first where we compare caleb's predictions to what actually happened <laughs> <clears throat> spearhead from space The Doctor's been put on ice, so to speak, and after several hundred years, the Time Lords are like, Hey, you remember that crazy guy who did all this stuff? Well, we need him to do some stuff. So they take him off ice and are like, Alright, you gotta lead this spearhead detachment and go to war with this race and do that whole genocide thing you do. Not quite. Not quite. Not quite. Not not yet. Give it a few episodes. (laughs) Then kind of. (laughs) Doctor Who and the Silurians. (laughs) Goddamn, Caleb. This is an episode of Doctor Who with an extreme typographical error, because it's not Doctor Who and the Silurians, it's actually Doctor Who and the Cylons, and it's a crossover with Battlestar Galactica, a show that I'm not sure even existed yet. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's a bang-up job I did. (laughs) You're just over there like, I'm hilarious. (laughs) The Ambassadors of Death. The Doctor, still very upset about the destruction of the Silurians, does manage to harvest some of their technology and and invents a faster-than-light ship drive thing, and they build a spaceship that will take them to another planet. So Unit sends out a test ship to zip to a new planet, and they're like, wow, we could totally live here. This could be a new human colony. And the Doctor lands down, and and he's like, yes, but we need to respect the aliens because we don't want to genocide them. So they get on the planet and the aliens are gross. And the doctor is like, I don't like them. Kill these ones. <laughs> we'll give it half a point. Sure. Why not? Inferno. 
He's going to be beep-bopping around on the TARDIS console, and instead of going somewhere in time, the TARDIS console randomly pulls someone from time, and oh my god, it's the Dante Alighieri guy, and he's speaking Latin, and asking where the fuck am I, and the doctor is like, I'm just going to tag along, let's see what he does, and then they get into some crazy conspiracy, and there's nuclear fusion and fission and stuff, and the Dante Alighieri guy is like, this is crazy, I'm going to write about this. (laughs) <laughs> i still absolutely adore the fact that you called dante alighieri the dante alighieri guy <laughs> <laughs> terror of the autons a company is going to invent a humanoid robot and they're like wow look at that it can help you do stuff and it's connected to this super intelligent thing that will tell it what to do that cannot possibly go wrong in any way shape or form and then the super smart ai is like what if i just Ended humanity. I wrote enabled there, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, the AI thing is a niggle. That is pretty ding dang close to what happened. (laughs) Just replace dolls with mannequins. Replace the AI with the master. And the weird mutant from space alien thing. Yeah, because you gave that prediction. And then afterwards, I had to remind you what the autons were. (laughs) you're like we've met the autons what are the autons (laughs) the thing from three episodes ago caleb come on that sounds about right the mind of evil there's a terrible tragic violent car crash involving the master and joe and they can't save joe's mind and they can't save the master's body so they just say hey let's put the master's mind in joe's body that is the end of your prediction (laughs) This is a big, that's a big oof given how the actor for the master. Just, it, just a little bit of an oof. That didn't even <laughs> occur to me when you made the prediction the first time, but, uh. <laughs> little, little, little oof, but man, that would have been an episode. <laughs> Claws of Axos. The master, not content with anything other than absolute total victory and not wanting to settle for a minor victory in the last episode, decides that he's going to assassinate the Doctor in the most simple, cleanest, purest way possible. By resurrecting dinosaurs and training a pack of raptors to maul him. And he calls them the Claws of Axos or whatever you called them. (laughs) No, sorry. (laughs) And he called them the Claws of Axos or whatever you called them. (laughs) Um, I mean, look, that happens later. By I'm, someone who isn't the... <laughs> I'm telling you, Caleb, you're really good at making predictions of stuff that will happen way later. <laughs> the space colony. Was it the colony in space? I don't remember. I think it was a space colony. I think it's colony in space. It doesn't matter. Yeah, colony in space. doesn't matter. You know what I'm talking about. The Doctor is bored, and he's like, man, that guy, the Master, was awfully cool. And then the Master appears, and he's like, hey, Doctor, want to go on a super special secret adventure for me? I've got a place you're going to love. And he takes the Doctor to a colony in space, which is the Master's harem. It's Epstein's island in space. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like it. I like that idea. (laughs) I'm writing that fan fiction right now. (laughs) The Damons... The Doctor, in his unrelenting quest to ignore the law and the Time Lords in general, is trying to figure out how to make the TARDIS not go back to Earth. And in fiddling around with the engine, figures out how it really works, and accidentally opens a portal to Hell. And the Daemons come through! He's gotta solve it the only way Daemons know how. Doom music starts playing. (laughs) Now that would have been an episode. (laughs) I'm telling you, I need to go back and retroactively write Doctor Who. 
I, I may have made this joke in, during the Damons. I don't know. But it's just like that scene from the Doom movie where it all just goes first person for just, <laughs> for just a couple scenes and he's just firing. Yes. Day of the Daleks. After going back in time far enough to when the Daleks were alive, the Daleks, somehow remembering the Doctor is going to kill them eventually, want to make peace and take him out for a nice little picnic and a lunch. And they roll down a hill and lay on and uh, lay on a blanket. And the Daleks confess their deepest, darkest secrets to the Doctor. And the Doctor realizes, oh, these guys have to be exterminated. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I can't remember a single goddamn thing that happened in Day of the Daleks. So, like, maybe you're right. (laughs) (laughs) That that might have happened. (laughs) Curse of Peladon. The Doctor is going to be able to do a little bit of yo-yoing on the TARDIS to a planet of people addicted to exercise bikes. Not in any way related to Peloton. And, like, I don't know, there's, like, a brainwash thing, and the exercise bikes are actually brainwashing machines from the brains of Mobius or whatever from Keys of Marinus. I'm going to remind you that I had to tell you what a Peloton bike was when yeah. I gave you that prediction, because you were like, what the fuck are you talking about? I still have not heard of anything relating to Peloton bikes outside of that episode of our podcast. There's no fucking way, man. I don't know what to tell you, dude. <laughs> sea Devils. There's an oil drilling company, and they're doing some drilling, and a scientist is like, hey, there's this strange uh, fissure called the Marianas Trench, and if we do too much drilling, it might do some bad stuff. And the oil execs are like, shut the fuck up, nerd. And then they crack open the Marianas Trench, and all the sea monsters of legend roll out of it. And they need the doctor to help. And he's all like, well, reverse the neutral polarity and send them back to hell where they belong. I mean, kind of. (laughs) That... Yeah, I mean, the fact that it had to do with the sea at all, you're like, Doctor Who, sea, yeah, an oil rig is involved somehow. <laughs> the mutants. Unit discovers a new island, and it might very and it might be very mineral rich and have a lot of resources. But there are these freaky, not quite human humans there, and they just want to genocide them. And I don't know how this is going to happen, but they are somehow going to pretend that the British or unit are justified in doing this. And really, they're just going to prove Magneto right the whole time. And the audience is going to wonder, why are we on the side of unit and not the mutants? <laughs> I mean, my, the only complaint I have about that is I say island and not planet. Because that's almost exactly what fucking happens. Kind of. <laughs> the time monster. They very vaguely return to Atlantis. I think now that the Time Lords have had the Doctor interfere a few times on their behalf, and they're like, hmm, this Doctor guy is a loose end now, and we have to take care of him so we can maintain our appearance of non-interference. And they go back in time to save the crazy Doctor from the Underwater Menace and turn him into a mutant monster abomination, and uh, they chase him like the fucking nemesis in Resident Evil 2. (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) Not quite. The Three Doctors. The Master's back, and he invents another time. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) You you can't do it. (laughs) The Master's back, and he invents another time pussy to slip through. And, oh my god, the other two Doctors are there. And they gotta fight the Master, and Hitler, and Anubis, in a knockout explosive blockbuster 10th anniversary episode. Also, I'm going to predict that Doctor is gonna say Merry Christmas for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Carnival of Monsters. The doctor, eager to leave, leaves. And he finds himself in a space caravan where the spaceships are shaped like the wagons from circuses and junk. And they need a ringmaster, and the doctor is egotistical and emotionally manipulative enough to do that. It's the greatest showman in space. God, I wish. I wish. God damn, don't worry. Holy we'll be talking shit. we'll be talking about that one later. Don't you worry. <laughs> Frontier in space. We're doing space cowboys. Then you started doing the bebop intro. The space pirates, <laughs> but good. They're going to be exploring the final frontier that is space. There's going to be some outlaw renos. They're going to wrangle up some space cows. And the doctor's going to be like, we got to go get those space cows back. Let's rustle them up. And the TARDIS is a saloon. If only, if only the woodpecker size. If only, size. if only. My God. A uh, brief recap of the ending of the last episode because it led right into this. Planet of the Daleks. The Doctor is actually not calling for help. He's seeing this as his opportunity to wipe out the Time Lords. So he's calling the Time Lords to this planet of the Daleks, which is not their planet, but a planet they uh, conquistadored. Your words. <laughs> and he sets a trap for the Time Lords to be exterminated by the Daleks in exchange for his own life. No. <laughs> no, no. Not, really. not, not even a little bit. Uh, it, it isn't their planet. <laughs> The Green Death. We do go back to Earth, but the Doctor does not get the time right, and we're in the far flung, <laughs> we're in the far flung future of the 1990s, where pollution has run rampant, and the pollution and the nuclear waste coalesced and grown sentient, and it becomes a personification of pollution and becomes an eco terrorist. Have you seen Toxic Avenger? Basically that. I still have not seen Toxic Avenger. So. It's so that, that's so close though. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. If I had just mentioned tapeworms, we'd be there. <laughs> the Time Warrior. The Doctor is going to be hunted by some sort of time bounty hunter. Uh, but that's not the Time Warrior. The Time Warrior is the fucking maniacal, cruel, calculating, murderous woman who saves him. And that's the new companion. Not exactly. That would have been cool, though. <laughs> Invasion of the Dinosaurs. The Doctor, not out of any goodwill of his own, but just because he feels like it, is going to solve world hunger. And he's going to announce it at a big UN thing, and then the dinosaurs show up, and I'm going to predict that there are <laughs> that there are raptors with AK-47s, and a T-Rex tank, and pterodactyls fighting jet fighters, and pterodactyls as jet fighters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> been cool, though. Death to the Daleks. I think the Daleks are going to have another thing where they've got their own time machine and they're traveling back in time to kill the Doctor. And as he's appearing on Skaro or some other Dalek-infested Earth and the future Daleks meet the old Daleks and they're like, oh, we fucking hate these guys. We got to exterminate them. So I think it's just the Daleks killing each other. No. <laughs> no, but I do really like the idea of like Daleks being like, ugh. You're not pure Daleks. We're going to kill you. No, I love my idea. <laughs> the monster of Peladon. 
Based on the pattern of reoccurring places or villains, I think the Doctor and Sarah are going to show up during a peace conference. Or, no, not a peace conference, a war resolution. There has been a war going on, and they're needing to fix it. And then there's a murder mystery element, and I think the Doctor's gonna fight something, and there's gonna be gross aliens I don't like. I mean, honestly, that one one was pretty spot on. (laughs) That's right on the money. (laughs) The Planet of Spiders. Do you remember that thing from the web planet, the Animus? He was like, "Wow, those Zarbies things fucking sucked. I should get I should get better bug monsters." So it finds a planet that actually has webs for sensible reasons, and it's like, "Hey, these spider things are great." Who was that dickhead on that one planet I don't like? And it draws a doctor in to get eaten by spiders. It didn't have the Animus, but like it definitely had a villain that wanted to be an eldritch abomination and was this close to achieving her goal. <laughs> yeah. Pretty close. And it does also draw the doctor in because it wants the crystal. Yeah, very true. Now we get to my favorite part of this. Do you want to start or do you want to end? I will end. Okay. I want to hear yours first. Okay. Uh, discussing our top and bottom five, starting with bottom five. Uh, my fifth least favorite is the Inferno. Or not even the Inferno, just Inferno. The green werewolf thing still has not been explained, and it bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> and also, you are just watching the same story twice, and that also bugs the shit out of me. That's so funny. My bottom five is also Inferno. No, so. hey, look at that. I'm, I'm genuinely, like, even more so than all of the other than the other two Doctors we've had so far, I am so genuinely looking forward to your top and bottom five because I, I got nothing. I have no idea. Yeah, I I had no idea until about 20 minutes before the podcast either. And, like, it's tough. And I'm going to say this in the context of especially the bottom three or, like, the, the top of the bottom three could be interchanged with almost every other episode that is in the top five. <laughs> I really did not like a lot this season, I felt, of this Doctor. Uh, But, yeah, my number five is Inferno for basically the same reasons. It's the same story. It goes absolutely nowhere, explains absolutely nothing. And besides having, like, a few just great moments, it is totally within a vacuum of the whole episode. Yeah. Fifth favorite. Okay, so the thing about my favorite, I'm going to say that my, my number six... My number five and my number four are basically tied, and it, I really had to just get into, like, really minutia of, eh, I didn't really like that aspect of that one scene to to kind of make these on any sort of, like, actual order. So, for what it's worth, my number six was Spearhead from Space, uh, but my number five is The Green Death. That low. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's a it's a really really good send off for Joe. Probably, yeah. It's it's probably my favorite companion departure. Maybe tied with Susan, but she's fucking leaving the doctor for to get married to a guy she's known for maybe forty eight hours. <laughs> I also like the villain. I like that boss is like a supercomputer, but like with a sense of humor. 
which is something we haven't really seen before. All other AI enemies we've faced so far are just kind of like cold and emotionless. This guy feels like he had a personality. And everything surrounding Yates was great. Yes, I I, I agree. I agree so much. I will bring it up later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured. I figured it would be near the top for you. Yeah, my number five is Spearhead. Okay, yeah. I thought this was a really great opening episode, just in general, because as we're kind of discovering who this new doctor is, we're also learning more about this new threat, and I don't know, I thought, I just thought it was really good, and it was really fun. It felt different, and it was kind of like a breath of fresh air after coming off of, like, the slog of the second doctor. Mm -hmm. My fourth worst? (sighs) Okay, here's, here's something... I kind of, like, highlight some episodes of, like, this is definitely going to be considered for my top and bottom overall five when we get to the end. There was a lot of Third Doctor that I just did, I just really fucking hated. Inferno, I feel like, you're right, had enough good bits in it that uh, I can watch it again. That's fine. You'd have to pay me to watch The Mutants again. Yeah. <laughs> The Doctor has zero fucking reason to be there, and that that never goes away. That feeling of why the fuck are you here never goes away <laughs> the entire story. Also had just, like, an unlikable villain. Like, he wasn't a favorite villain, and also just, like... But he wasn't also noticeable as, like, a least favorite villain. He just... He was just, like, a dick who was just exerting his power over people. Like, whoop de fucking do the only reason it's not lower on the list is because and fucking rainbow Jesus. And it's, <laughs> that's definitely like the dumbest moment we've had so far it, to such a, to such a degree. It kind of like jumps over the uncanny Valley and just becomes fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. That we move into just like, it's so bad. It's good. Yeah. Cause I remember watching it being like, Oh, I'm so fucking ready for the story to be over. And then all of a sudden this fucking guy becomes rainbow Jesus and is floating down the corner, just fucking evaporating people. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So the caveat is I hate all of the mutants. I don't want to watch it again. I will, however, watch the last episode. If I have to, I will watch the last five minutes of the episode. <laughs> Again and again and again. My number four, it, it was really tough for me to kind of like nail it down. Again, a lot of it is interchangeable because I really did not like that much this season, I felt. Yeah. But an episode I really did not like was The Time Warrior. Really? Uh, Yeah, my kind of... And I, I had a hard time thinking about why I dislike this one more than I like the others. And I think it's just a visceral... It reminds me too much of the historicals from first and second Doctor. I'm like, huh. oh, get this, get this shit away from me. Okay, there's not, there's not enough sci-fi rigmarole, even though there's literally a turd alien. <laughs> uh, I also did not like the turd alien. I refuse to remember his name. He looks like poop. I believe his name was Commander Lynx. Lynx, yeah, <sighs> yeah. I did not like the setting. I did not like any of the characters. I did not think Sarah was compelling. <laughs> she made almost no sense to me the whole time. I am genuinely surprised to see Time Time Warrior that that low on your list. Like, it's not in my top five or anything, but like, I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> okay, now I'm wondering, what did you think it was gonna be? Um, uh, well, we'll 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 talk. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk. Let's get through the list. Let's I get guess. through the list because I don't want to like predict your top your bottom three. But uh, my fourth favorite, again, I consider this on the level of Green Death and and Spearhead, Planet of the Spiders. Or 
Planet of Spiders, I don't remember if there's a the in there or not. What puts it above Green Death for me is that um, they both have really good departures of like major characters, major actors. Legitimately, the only thing that puts Planet of Spiders above Green Death for me is that um, that marriage aspect in Green Death just left such a bad taste in my mouth. I was like, eh, kind of sours it for me a little bit. But I loved the parallels between the Great One and the Doctor and how he sacrifices his life in order to have her achieve what he wanted to achieve. Uh, the spiders are creepy, and I love them. And I love that Caleb hates them. Can't stand them. <laughs> and honestly, the thing that pulls it down for me in the ranking, the reason it's not even higher, is just the superfluousness and the horrible acting of the humans. It was just felt like such a waste of goddamn time. <laughs> yeah. What about your favorite? Your fourth favorite? My fourth favorite... I put it on here, and now I'm thinking, did I get this mixed up with another one? Because I have Terror of the Autons as my fourth favorite. Okay. Is that the is that the one with the the massacre in London? No, that one's Spearhead. That one's Spearhead. No, uh, Terror of the Autons is the one where that introduced uh, the Master, the one that introduced the Master and Joe. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. I was getting totally mixed up. Either way, it's still on there because I do like that one. Okay. All, all, and this is again the problem. Nothing feels distinct to me. All of this shit kind of blurs together now. Yeah. Well, your number five and number four are both the Auton episodes. So yeah. yeah. So you know. <laughs> but either way, I do like Terror of the Autons because I like the lore that is established with, uh, like, I love the scene where the Time Lord just kind of fucking materializes out of nowhere and talks to the Doctor. Yeah. Love that bit. I feel like the world is actually starting to like flesh out and feel more real. Yeah. Uh, and then I do like this intro for the Master. It's silly and dumb, but I, it feels more like the Scooby-Doo I thought the Doctor was. Yeah. I like the Master in that episode, too. and uh, Maybe maybe I'll talk about it a little bit more later. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I love the fact that he keeps trying to kill the Doctor multiple times with the course of that story. And just, like, every time he's just like, ah, that was just a calling card to my old friend the doctor <laughs> that wasn't supposed to kill him <laughs> and he just like discreetly goes over to a little list and just crosses one out <laughs> my third least favorite the mind of evil <laughs> so the chinese ambassador death plot and the prison riot and the launching of the nuclear missile and the fear machine were all in this episode. <laughs> that should be enough said. But I would also like to reiterate once again, how the fuck does the fear machine work? <laughs> I don't understand it. It seems to give someone miles away the ability to just kill people on demand. It drowns people without actually conjuring water. It, it makes people... It makes people bitten, like they're bitten by rats without summoning rats. But then the doctor was facing, like, fire when he was attacked by the fear machine. But he wasn't scorched at all. And it just it just starts teleporting. It just starts teleporting out of nowhere, Caleb. And I don't understand it. What the <laughs> fuck was the fear machine? Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, wow, that episode was a mess, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a fucking mess. <laughs> I, I could have sworn on like episode four of that story, I was like, please tell me that the 
the master accidentally reinvented Daleks, because that's what I thought. Because <laughs> they would just kind of like teleport away and then just appear and shoot people. I was like, it feels like a baby Dalek. That's another thing. It just teleported people, and then I'm pretty sure it just shot them and killed them. And I was like, what? Uh, my brain hurts. <laughs> you know what's really scary? Uh, a gun. <laughs> I didn't totally hate that episode. Yeah, it made no sense, but welcome to Doctor Who, I guess. <laughs> it moved along in a good clip, and it had a big it had a big boom at the end. It did have a big boom at the end. It just bugs me because I remember the beginning of that episode and just, like, the focus on the Chinese ambassadors. And they're just fucking nowhere by the, by the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But I will say... That that episode does hold my favorite joke I made of this doctor. <laughs> well, I think I remember. Because you're, you're like, how did the U.S. ambassador die? Like, the fear machine killed him, but like it made him look like a, made her look like a dragon. Was she afraid of a dragon? And I was like, I think it was supposed to symbolize his fear of like the red tide of communism. <laughs> that was very funny. Uh, what's what is your third least favorite? The third least favorite is Curse of Peladon. <laughs> Okay, because we're gonna I... have some words in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> because I fucking hate this episode. Uh, it's not the first time I have hated almost everyone in the episode in this Doctor. Uh, the other two are lower, um, but I did hate everyone. Now, just to be clear, you do mean the Curse of Peladon, not Monster of Peladon, right? Curse of Peladon's with the King, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Cool. I hate the King. I hate his fucking religious zealot leader Scooby-Doo villain. I hate the fucking skull monster thing. I hate Alpha Centauri. <laughs> I hate the fucking 15 minute long old man fight in like the third episode. Oh my god. I could not wait for this episode to be over. <laughs> oh, that's, that's just wonderful. <laughs> my third favorite is Terror of the Autons. Again, I've mentioned this earlier. This is the only episode in the entirety we've watched so far that has that actually like scared me with the scene in the flower. It was nice to go back to a time when the master was actually intimidating. That that's that's lovely. Um, the Autons were just as creepy, if not more so, than they were the first time. And while Caleb will disagree with me, I think Joe had a solid introduction, especially knowing where she ends up. I think I think she she. The arc's got to start somewhere, <laughs> and I think it does a good job of uh, establishing who she is and her relationship with the Doctor. Um, yeah, I think looking at it retroactively, I'd agree pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I was I was too hard on Joe. Yeah, well, another reason why it's where it's at on my list and not maybe a little bit higher uh, is because it does have the throwaway line of a departure for Liz. Which is probably what soured you to Joe the most when she first started. Let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> I definitely, because like you mentioned, like every time there's a new doctor, you're like, you're not the doctor. The whole time that episode was going on, Joe would open her mouth and be like, you're not Liz. <laughs> yeah. My number three is Planet of the Spiders. Okay. Boy, how many there are things I like about this episode. Uh, it moves at a good clip. Definitely. It has an almost sensible plot. I don't like the spiders, but I do kind of like them as villains. I do like that almost every time the Doctor comes to like the end of his arcs, he has to deal with an eldritch horror. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strangely recurring theme. 
There are things I don't like about it, though, that keep it out of my top. Uh, I don't like basically the whole arc with the human colony on mm-hmm. whatever the fucking planet's called. Metabulous 3. There are also characters that are just seem like they were introduced, and then it doesn't matter, like Yates. Yates was there in the beginning, and then just isn't important the rest of the story. Yeah. And it didn't quite get the same emotional highs as my number one pick, and we already fucking know what that is, but I'll get to it. My second least favorite is The Claws of Axos. Yeah, I, I figured. Yeah, it's just all of the characters were written completely out of character during that entire episode. It was re- it really bugged the shit out of me. It's honestly tough to just watch. Like, the editing is so fucking choppy and all over the goddamn place. Half the shots feel like extreme close-ups. And it actually feels like entire scenes were just removed from the final script with absolutely zero attempts to smooth over what was missed in those scenes. It's really difficult to put into words why exactly it is I hate The Claws of Axos without just saying, go watch The Claws of Axos, and you'll see. Except I don't want anyone to watch The Claws of Axos. (laughs) It's a heavy burden we carry. Yeah, I think this is definitely one of just, like, the worst overall episodes of of Doctor Who so far. Yeah, I am... It's funny that you say that. I truly, honestly, don't remember that much about the episode, which is a a good indicator for this Doctor. Yeah. If I can remember a lot about it, it either means I liked it or I really, really did not. <laughs> yeah. What kept it out of the bonfire for me uh, is I like the science explanation of, like, look at our thing that shrinks things and makes them bigger. Yeah. I don't know why. It's so clear in my mind. I'm like, I like that part. <laughs> My second least... We're on the second, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're My second. second least favorite is Carnival of Monsters. <laughs> wow, I hate this episode. <laughs> What's not to like, Caleb? I don't like that the Carnival is t- two fucking hobos on another planet. I don't like that there's like this whole politics of how this plant works that is just 100% in the background and is not relevant until like the last 10 minutes of the fourth episode. Uh, I don't like the dressings. I don't like the fucking boats. I don't really like anything, actually. I'm holding off any comments because I might have some more comments here in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Second favorite. I was was waiting for this moment to happen, Caleb. I just figured it was going to happen a little bit later. I didn't think it would happen so early. Um, but an episode that's in your bottom five is in my top five, and my, and my second favorite is the Curse of Peladon. You are wrong. You are wrong. No, you. Oh my god, Mac. I'm please explain yourself. Rationalize this to All me. All right. All right. Here we go. Let's go. So, it had the good kind of politics where everybody was making. Uh, it had like strategies of like. The different aliens were making making alliances because they were thinking that the humans were in league with the Peladonians. The, I always enjoy any stories that involve peaceful aliens working together. Islir. Fucking love Islir. He is my favorite NPC in this era. This episode had a lot going for it, and I loved almost all of it from start to finish. I say almost because I fucking hate the king. 
I hate him more than I hate the racist-ass royal vizier, which <laughs> says a lot, and is genuinely the reason why this is my number two slot. <laughs> and Caleb, 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 I'm, here's the thing, I will agree, some of the alien designs are grotesque, and some of them are annoying, however, you cannot deny that they were creative designs and felt like actual fucking aliens as opposed to say just throwing some colored paint on their face and make them dress in all spoons or whatever and then call it a day they actually put effort to make this look like a conglomeration of aliens as opposed to just people in weird costumes yeah exactly that's what i like about the curse of peladon except the peladonians because the Peladonians are just people with big eyebrows. <laughs> the Peladonians are people with, like, weird streaks of orange and white in their hair. But yes, I love the per- Curse of Peladon, and fuck you for thinking differently. <laughs> I, I will give you credit. The alien designs are significantly better. I mean, the fact that I had such a visceral reaction to the Skull Guy should, should indicate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100% disagree on the plot and pacing, though. It is relentlessly boring and terrible. <laughs> Alright, well, what is your second favorite? The Three Doctors. Okay. I could not really tell you that much about the actual plot, but I, boy, how did I like the parts where they bickered. I liked it so much, and I also liked the fact that it was four episodes. Yeah? But I definitely feel like uh, like it was fun. And maybe at this point, because like, I think at this point I was starting to get a little jaded about the Third Doctor, so it was kind of like refreshing seeing the Second Doctor. Yeah. And it's kind of the moment of the show where like, I realized maybe I do like this show because I am weirdly nostalgic right now. Yeah. And this is the point where I was thinking, I kind of want to watch The Keys of Marinus and the last episode of The Chase again. I also want to listen to like the last five minutes of the Dalek Master Plan. For the exact same reasons that I didn't make any comments about Carnival of Monsters, I am not making any comments about the three doctors. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, my least favorite episode is definitely the carnal of monsters this entire story could have been an email it was so goddamn boring the time loop oh fuck me the time loop (laughs) made the story so fucking repetitive and anything literally anything happening outside the machine was just people standing around and talking there was nothing going on and the Dreshigs were supposed to be like this big intimidating monster so much so they bring them back as visions of fear in later episodes and they are so hilariously weak they are the LaCroix of monsters they look like the poison type regional variants of Gyarados like that is the most accurate and like clear in my mind description of anything i think i've ever heard in my life oh fuck (laughs) just like you just flip them off and they just like have a heart attack and fall over (laughs) (laughs) oh god they sucked so bad that entire episode was genuinely painful for me to watch and uh just checking double checking making sure i'm not uh, okay look it's possibly my f- least favorite episode of Doctor Who so far. And the only thing that makes it say possibly 
is the fact that its competition is the Space Pirates. And when you are making me doubt whether the Space Pirates is my least favorite episode or not, you've got some fucking issues, man. <laughs> I, will, I will never forget when we were talking about the episode and you were like, uh, when they like crank up the aggression on it. <laughs> oh and, and the guy is just slightly more, oh, I'm ready to have fisticuffs with and you. He, and you're like, just shoot him. He puts his gun down with his aggression <laughs> brought up. What was that? <laughs> oh, fuck me. I hated the episode. I think it's the first time Mike beat me to a just shoot him. <laughs> uh. Oh, wow. Miley's favorite episode is the Time Monster. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where do I even begin? I really hate time travel explanations. So this episode was like, mm, what if we did that for 45 minutes? <laughs> And it just kept happening. Like, Benton was there, and, like, the science lady, and, like, the two guys are talking, they're like, well, what if we fold science? And that would create a science layer that we can penetrate with the blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. And then Benton's like, wait, no, so you're telling me, I'm like, Benton, shut up. Oh, my God, I'm going to go crazy. And then it turned into a Greek mythology thing. And Mac, Mac, this episode has, like, the most smoking hot lady of the third Doctor, probably of all three I've seen so far, and she can't redeem this story. And she's thirsty for the master. Yeah, I know! (laughs) (laughs) Just everything about it is so wild and dumb and horrible. And this is only a four-parter, and I wanted to die the whole time. And like you said, I don't hate it quite as much as I hate the Romans. I agree. But boy, howdy, I still really irrationally hate this episode. <laughs> we both have one that's that's that has uh, side-eyeing the king of our least favorite. For me, it's Carnival of Monsters staring at the space pirates. And for you, it's Time Monster staring at the Romans. I'm going to retroactively say my favorite NPC is the Smoking Hot Babe from the Time Warrior. <laughs> from the Time Monster, though, because I forgot about it until I went on a little tirade. <laughs> Alright. My favorite, as I pretty much already said, is The Three Doctors. So, this is probably the only episode I have that I would put as, like, an S rank. And my the way I define the S ranks for the different Doctors, and the only ones I've had so far are... Dalek Invasion of Earth, Keys of Marinus, Enemy of the World, War Games, Microterra, and Power of the Daleks is um, not just good for like a Doctor Who fan, but just like good in general. That is just good television. And the reason that I would say the Three Doctors qualifies as that is because it's kind of a good episode for someone to watch if they're curious about classic because it kind of gives you a sample platter of the first three doctors so it kind of gives you an idea of where you might want to start that's true like and it's so kind of isolated from everything i do feel like it's a good you can just jump in here and just watch yeah honestly you do not need to know anything about the first or second doctor or the third doctor for that matter to really get a good idea of their personality i love the relationship between the second and the third that kind of definitely elevated it it and it was good. It was just good seeing the second again in general. Omega was a wonderful villain, especially with his dark side of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, that entertained me to no end. Um, 
it was a very funny episode as well. It had a lot of humor. The Brigadier having an existential crisis of having to deal with two doctors at once will never not be funny. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I would say that uh, this is, for me, of all the third Doctor episodes, probably the one that I am most wanting to go back and, and rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. I like that episode. My number one is The Green Death. Shocker. I th- I know, shocker. Uh, I can't shut the fuck up about it. I think the reason why, why it stands out in my mind versus anything else is there have been attempts at making social critique. And there have been attempts at making the Doctor have character development. And I feel like this episode actually does both. And actually does both really well pretty much the whole time. I really like the way it handles an environmentalist message. I like the fact that the science dude that Joe falls for. Jones. Uh, Jones. Something something Jones. I don't remember his first name. I like the fact that he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> and I like the fact that he has like very direct parallels to the doctor. Because he's, I mean, you see Joe kind of going back and forth between the two of them the whole time. And the doctor feeling Joe pull away from him. Especially after his kind of Halloween adventure on Metabilis 3. Yeah. And he realizes that he can't do it alone. And him trying to hold on to her so tight and not let her go. I thought all that was really, really good. Combine that with the really surprising story. And like when the fucking worms fall out of the ceiling. I was like, holy shit. The only thing that holds this back from being like an enemy of the world tier story is the fact that like the villain just didn't come together at the end for me. I didn't think Boss wanted anything. Yeah. And definitely didn't want anything to do with what the rest of the story was about. Yeah. It felt very crammed in. But other than that, I think it was just a stellar episode. And of all of them, I like I really want to watch the Three Doctors again too, but I would absolutely watch the Green Death again. I have both of those on DVD. I'm just saying we can do a marathon. <laughs> Caleb, I'm looking because I, I write down your top and bottom five because I know you won't. I'm looking at our top five, and our top five is almost identical, with the exception of you have Spearhead and I have Curse of Peladon. Because we both have Terror of the Autons, Planet of the Spiders, Three Doctors, and Green Death on our top five. <laughs> which is sad, and it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I feel I feel like our other ones are were a bit more diverse. A little bit, yeah. At least in the second Doctor, uh, yeah. our our bottom fives we were wildly different on. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So that is closing the chapter of the third Doctor. So Caleb, you want to continue doing the show? Yeah, I'll keep doing it. You say reluctantly. You're gonna say more and more reluctantly every single time. You're like, if I have to, I guess. <laughs> Well, like, I'll put it this way. The fourth Doctor is the one I've been looking forward to. It's Mm. the one I hear the most positive things about. Yeah. I I suppose that brings me to my next question. Uh, What is it you're hoping to see from the coming era? Shorter episodes. (laughs) Yeah. And I think this is going to sound retroactive. I really like a combination of the second and third Doctor. I really like... Because what I like about the third Doctor is there seems to be this like larger goal we're working towards, which in the first half is fixing the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. And then once that's accomplished, we don't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so I would like, A, to see him leave and not do fucking unit stuff anymore. At least not as frequently. But then also, like, there's seeds of, like, a larger goal that's 
being pursued. Mm. I don't know what that would be or what that would look like, but I would like that. Uh, and I would also like um, the stories to be interesting again. <laughs> well, um, in terms of like seeking after an overall goal over like the course of a season or something, um, I will go ahead and tell you, you might be satisfied by that kind of a couple of times over the course of the fourth doctor. So um, excellent. So yeah, you have that to look forward to. Great. I think, I think it'll be easier for, especially if, kind of the vibe you're giving me is true if we get away from unit because i feel like unit is what's kind of holding the storylines back Hmm. uh because i feel like the doctor who producers only know how to tell like two unit stories yeah and everything is just like a kind of a reskin of that story yeah very true so i very much want to get away from unit and i want to see other things (laughs) i watched a video the other day that was talking about the third doctor era and they said that overall it was like it was on earth with unit the overall episodes were better, but it was a lot less creative. But when the Doctor was out in space, the episodes were more creative. They were just worse. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> so... accurate, actually. Because, <laughs> like, that, that, that is what makes it hard. Is because, like, on a production level, and even on, like, a technical level, the episodes are, like, fine, I guess. It's hard to have, like, thoughtful conversations about them because, like, they're not, like, objectively bad or objectively very good. Yeah. They're just kind of, eh, yeah. I guess. It wasn't like in the first Doctor where I could just fucking complain about the Romans for 45 <laughs> minutes straight and just lose my mind. And then because there isn't those lows, the highs don't feel so high either. Yeah. Like, we, we can't have the end of the chase without the Romans, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I guess that's it. I hope that there is better episodes. I hope there's a kind of continuing story. I hope there's some really offensively bad episodes. Well, <laughs> I can tell you there's at least one. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to it. We're, our podcast is going to fucking peak at that episode. And I cannot wait. <laughs> Well, that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want to support us, the best thing you can do is give us five stars and tell your friends about us. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, all the major podcast things. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram at Quick Trip Podcast. You can also check out Mac's YouTube channel, Mac the Map, where they do insightful videos about video games. And join us next time on a quick trip through space and time, in which we meet our brand new doctor, played by Tom Baker, in... You're gonna love this title. Robot. What? (laughs) Oh, Doctor, why did you have to go back? I had to face my... My fear, Sarah. I had to face my fear. That was, was more important than just going on living. Please, don't die. A tear, Sarah Jane? No, no don't cry. While this life, uh, 